the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. Now think about that. What this reveals. What made them so thrilled in their hearts was because Paul was preaching the same gospel that they were hearing from the apostles. These are Jewish believers in Judea. They heard the apostles. They knew the apostles. They heard Paul preaching the same message. That's precisely Paul's point in this whole chapter. It's the point he's been making that his message from God was no different from what the other apostles were preaching. That's why the believers in Judea were so thrilled. We are in our last class session today on the book of Galatians. What a great testimony the scripture gives us that the gospel of grace that Paul preached can be trusted today. It still changes lives, just like it did to the Apostle Paul. In today's class, Pastor Steve Kreloff will discuss another important truth from the life of Paul. It's a truth that many in today's evangelical scene should learn and put into practice. Thanks for joining us today for Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher. He's the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve will be concluding this series about the divine origin of Paul's gospel. Let me quickly summarize where we were yesterday, and then Pastor Steve will continue. After Paul was saved, he started preaching the gospel in Damascus, which is where he had been headed in order to arrest Christians. But soon he went to the desert and spent three years in prayer and close fellowship with Christ. When he returned to Damascus, the enemies of the gospel were so angry, they forced Paul to flee for his life. They were probably the same people he would have been working with had Jesus not met him on the way there three years earlier. At this point, Paul went to Jerusalem in order to get acquainted with Peter, whom he had never met. Now with today's study, here's Pastor Steve. Now, why does Paul tell us about this visit to Jerusalem, and how is this information even pertinent to his argument that his gospel message was revealed to him by God and not the product of any human teaching. Folks, this is actually quite pertinent to his argument. Actually, this is his argument. This is very significant because one of the things that the false teachers apparently accused Paul of was that he had been a student of other Christians, instructed by them, especially by the Lord's apostles, that they had instructed him, they said, on the gospel, but Paul, while he got a little bit of their teaching, he didn't get the whole thing because he purposely corrupted their teaching so that the message that he was now preaching, the one he had preached to the Galatians, that was wrong. That was a warped version, they said, of the gospel. Yes, he has a little bit of inkling about the life of Jesus. Yes, a little bit of doctrine, but he has changed it. He's corrupted it. It's a deviant one from what he was taught by the apostles. Now, that's what they were saying. But right here, Paul emphatically denies that. 
He denies this charge that he had been taught Christian theology by the apostles by telling us that it wasn't until three years after he was saved that he even visited Jerusalem and met any of the apostles. He didn't know them. He didn't know any of them. And the only apostles he saw at this time were just Peter and James, the Lord's brother. And he tells us that his visit with Peter lasted only a brief 15 days, just a little over two weeks, hardly enough time to be instructed on the whole counsel of the Christian gospel and to change his entire Pharisaical way of thinking from salvation by works to salvation by grace, hardly enough time. Besides, it's rather obvious that Paul didn't travel to Jerusalem to learn the gospel from the apostles. Why is it so obvious? Think with me. Because he's already been preaching the gospel in Damascus. And he was obviously preaching the truth there because all the Jewish leaders were upset with him. If he was preaching salvation by works, they would applaud him, not try to kill him. They would never have been bothered by Paul preaching salvation by keeping the law of Moses. They would never have tried to silence him, but they hated him, tried to kill him because he was preaching the true gospel. So if Paul didn't travel to Jerusalem in order to learn the gospel from any of the apostles, then why did he go there? Well, he tells us. Notice once again, verse 18, then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become, here's the reason, acquainted with Cephas. Paul tells us that the reason he went to Jerusalem was not to be instructed by any of the apostles in the truths of the gospel, but rather it was to become acquainted with Peter, Cephas, Simon Peter. In other words, Paul wanted to meet Peter in order to get to know him. He didn't know him. So he went there to make his acquaintance. Now, we don't know exactly what Paul and Peter talked about when they were together for those two weeks in Jerusalem. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there? But as somebody said, when two apostles get together, they don't just talk about the weather. So it is very likely that they both told each other about their experiences with Christ. Peter would have told Paul about his three-year period of internship, being a disciple under Jesus during his earthly ministry. Paul would have related to Peter his three-year discipleship with Jesus out in the wilderness of Arabia. That, that makes a whole lot of sense. But regardless of exactly what they discussed during those 15 days, this much is clear. Paul did not travel to Jerusalem to learn anything from Peter. He was not his student. Peter was not his rabbi, nor were any of the other apostles. The gospel message that Paul had been preaching for three years prior to this meeting was the same one that Peter and the apostles had been preaching as well. Paul's meeting with Peter and James was not as someone who was inferior to these apostles. He was one of them. He was a full-fledged apostle, equal to them in every way. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul states this, In no respect was I inferior to the most eminent apostles, even though I'm a nobody. Paul said, I wasn't inferior to any of them, even Peter. So Paul recognized that he was just as much an apostle as Peter was or any of the Jerusalem apostles. So he came to Jerusalem simply seeking to become acquainted 
with Peter, not looking to learn anything from him or from any other apostle. In fact, Paul said that he didn't meet with all the apostles. For some reason, they were either not there at the time. They might have been afraid of this man. But he only met with Peter and James. Understand, I've said it before. I'm reiterating it. He was not a student of the apostles. He had already learned the gospel message from the Lord himself. He didn't need it to learn it from any man. And so, Paul, listen, this is such a pressing issue on Paul's heart. He is so concerned that the Galatians believe him because if they don't, their whole lives are messed up. Generations after them will not, will not hear the gospel. Some of them perhaps aren't even saved. This is critical that they believe Paul and not the false teachers. So what he does is he makes a Jewish vow, takes an oath. Notice verse 20. He tries to convince them of the trustworthiness of his statement by making a common Jewish vow. He said, now, in what I'm writing to you, I assure you before God, I am not lying. He is, in essence, swearing by God that he is telling the truth. He wants them to know that what he is talking about here, about his relationship with the 12 apostles, is absolutely accurate. This is the way it really happened. Regardless of what any false teacher has claimed about his relationship with these men. So Paul was in Jerusalem for only 15 days. But why? Why such a brief period of time? Why just 15 days? Once he gets to know Peter, why not have an extended time with Peter? Why leave so quickly? Well, he doesn't say why his Jerusalem visit was so brief. But Luke tells us why. Tells us in Acts 9, 29, and 30. Let me read it to you. Speaking of Paul, he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews, but they were attempting to put him to death. But when the brethren learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. Now, what we learn here is that while Paul was in Jerusalem, he began telling Greek-speaking Jews about Jesus. That's what it means, Hellenistic Jews. They are Jewish people who their primary language is Greek rather than Hebrew. So Paul is so bold, he starts witnessing to them about Jesus. Paul was really a Hellenistic Jew himself. He was not born and raised in Israel. He was from outside. So these were, these were his people. He began telling these Greek-speaking Jews about Jesus, and they became so mad at him that they plotted to kill him. This is becoming a pattern in this man's life. But when some of the believers in Jerusalem became aware of this plot, they brought him, we're told, to the city of Caesarea, which is in the northern part of Israel, at least it's further north than Jerusalem. And from there, we read that he traveled to the provinces of Syria and Cilicia, finally arriving at his hometown which was a place by the name of Tarsus, Tarsus in Cilicia. And this is exactly where Paul tells us was the next step in his journey after his conversion. Verses 21 through 24 of Galatians 1. This closes the chapter, but pay close attention. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but only... They kept hearing, he who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. 
And I love this verse. And they were glorifying God because of me. Paul tells us that after visiting with Peter and with James in Jerusalem, just for that brief period of time, he next moved on to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, which, as we've just read in Acts 9, means essentially that he traveled through them to get back to his hometown of Tarsus, which was in the province of Cilicia. And because he was now far to the north, you can check your Bible maps out on this. He was now far to the north of Jerusalem and Judea. The believers then in those various churches in Judea did not know him by sight. They hadn't seen him. However, they kept hearing the same message that he once persecuted believers was now preaching the gospel. And because of God's work of grace in Paul's life, Paul said, they were glorifying God because of me. Now, folks, there are two important truths that are revealed in these verses, and I want to point them out to you. Number one, and most primary of all these truths is this. It's the fact that the believers in Judea were glorifying God because of Paul, because Paul was preaching the gospel. Now, think about that. What this reveals What made them so thrilled in their hearts was because Paul was preaching the same gospel that they were hearing from the apostles. These are Jewish believers in Judea. They heard the apostles. They knew the apostles. They heard that Paul preaching the same message. That's precisely Paul's point. This whole chapter, it's the point he's been making that his message from God was no different From what the other apostles were preaching, that's why the believers in Judea were so thrilled. Now, if Paul had been preaching law, they would not have been thrilled. They wouldn't have cared at all. They certainly wouldn't have glorified God because of Paul. They only glorified God because Paul was preaching the same message. That proves his point. But there's another truth, a precious truth that comes out of these verses. It's based on what Luke in Acts and Paul here in Galatians tell us. We know that. Three years after his conversion, Paul settled down in his hometown of Tarsus. We know that. But what happened after that? What happened after Paul was there? Do you realize that from Acts 9, verse 30, until Acts 11, verse 25, when we read that Barnabas traveled to Tarsus to ask Paul to assist him to ministering to the believers in the church at Antioch, From 9.30 to 11.25, there is no mention of Paul. No mention of Paul at all. This is a time period of about nine years. And there's no mention of Paul. So what was Paul doing during these nine long years? He certainly wasn't traveling around Judea. And Jerusalem preaching Christ because Paul says here in Galatians 1.22 that the believers of this area didn't know him by sight. Didn't know what he looked like. Hadn't seen him. They had only heard that he was now preaching Christ. Now, folks, think about this. Paul wasn't known by these believers who lived in Judea. For nine years, no one in that region of Israel saw his face. Amazing. What this tells us is that Paul was content to live in what James Montgomery Boyce referred to as relative obscurity. Ministering 
in his quiet hometown of Tarsus, no doubt being faithful to evangelize and to teach the word of God. Now, what strikes me about this is that if he had wanted to, Paul could have become a celebrity, couldn't he? Could have been a Christian celebrity, which is really an oxymoron. But he could have been a celebrity amongst the believers. He could have billed himself as the Pharisee turned apostle. Could have charged people a lot of money to hear his testimony. Could have become quite famous, quite well known, written books about his life story. But instead, Paul practically just dropped out of sight for nine long years until the Lord led him to go to Antioch. And then, after he ministered there a little while, the Holy Spirit separated Paul and Barnabas to begin what we know now as their very well-known missionary journeys. But listen, Paul was isolated for all those years, and he was content, content with being an unknown amongst the Christians of Jerusalem and Judea. I love it. I love reading about this because this is so different than the world that we live in. There's an important lesson for all of us to learn from all of this. The lesson is found in the last verse of this chapter, verse 24. They were glorifying God because of me. Do you get that? They were not glorifying me. They were glorifying God because of me. It's a tremendous statement. Paul never sought his own glory, but he said that the believers glorified God because of him, meaning because of God's grace in saving him and making him an apostle. In other words, they praise God for his work, sovereign work of grace in Paul's life. He was now a trophy of grace and they just praise God. What a what a transformation of this man's character. Listen, far too many Christians today. Want to be celebrities, they're so different from Paul, instead of being content to serve the Lord in relative obscurity. They want prominent places of service. And they do it because they really want to glorify themselves. They may not say that, but that's really what they want. They want teaching positions that are prominent. They want leadership roles. They want recognition. They want esteem. They want thanks. They want people to know who they are and to praise them. That's just the evidence of sinful pride. That's really satanic. Satan wanted to be like God, too. He wanted glory. It all comes from Satan. It's part of our fallenness. Paul wasn't like that, though. Paul was a humble servant of Christ who had been chosen by the Lord to be an apostle and to preach the gospel of salvation by grace. And it didn't matter to him where he ministered that gospel of grace. He was just determined to be faithful to the Lord, even if it meant serving in obscurity in his hometown. What a change in this man. No wonder they glorify God because of him. This is a man who was a Pharisee who was seeking prominence for himself, rising in the ranks of that religious system. Now, he's just a follower of Jesus. In fact, in Philippians chapter 3, he said, whatever was gained to me, I consider it manure right now. It's nothing. It's just dung. It's trash. No wonder they glorify God because of Paul. So make sure you're like Paul because he was like Jesus, humble. Follow Paul's example of humility because it is sinful and it is arrogant to want and try to be a Christian celebrity. If you minister in obscurity, good. That's exactly where God wants you to be. And if people haven't given you 
thanks and a word of appreciation for a bit, then just take it that the Lord is teaching you humility. Don't look for great things for yourself. Look for great things for the Lord. And the best thing you can do to glorify the Lord is exalt the gospel of his grace. We want people to glorify God, not us. Now, this morning, we have learned a great deal about Paul and his journeys following his conversion. But don't miss the main point of these verses, which is that the gospel which Paul preached was what God revealed to him. Wasn't taught it by the apostles. It was given to him by God himself. Why is that so important? Folks, this is the same gospel that we have believed. This is the same gospel we have banked our eternity on that Paul was telling the truth. This is the gospel that we've said we have embraced and we are sure because of this gospel, this message about Christ dying for our sins, being buried and rising again, that we said we believe and we are certain that we're going to heaven when we die because of this gospel. That's why it's so important. It's important because not only is it the same gospel we have believed, we have to have confidence in it, confidence to share it with others, confidence to proclaim Christ without any apology, be bold like Paul, to demonstrate your confidence in it by believing it, by sharing it with others. Now, the question is, have you ever believed the gospel? Have you ever really believed it, that it's for you, personal, that Christ died for sinners like you, was buried and rose again? Have you ever really come to him in repentance and faith and admitted that there is nothing you could do to earn your way to heaven? Absolutely nothing. Christ has done it all. He said it's finished. All we can do is say, thank you. I accept the finished work of Christ. I trust him as my Lord and Savior. If you do that, you'll be completely forgiven. You'll be transformed as Paul was. And when you die you'll go to be with Christ because all of your sins are paid for. He'll let you into his presence. He's not angry at us anymore. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Lord. It is the same one that you gave to Peter. You gave to Paul and you've given it to us. Lord, we thank you for the purity of the gospel. Thank you for the great men and women of the faith who for 2,000 years have passed it on to us in its pure form. I thank you for the man who first told me about Christ. We're grateful for those who have told each of us about the Savior. Help us to be faithful in passing it on to others. Lord, I pray that we who know you would be bold like Paul. Would Not that you would change our personalities but that you would use our personalities so that we would still have courage to proclaim Christ. May it flow that courage out of our relationship with you, Lord. I pray for each of our people here to get up early in the morning, to meet with you, to read the word of God, to apply it to their lives, to pray to you with such sweet conversation, not a stilted kind of talk, but to be intimate with you, Lord, to know you, to share their hearts, to praise you, to thank you, to pray for others, to pray for themselves. Lord, may that be a reality with our people. And I pray for anyone, Lord, in the sound of this message, who's never really trusted you. May you open their hearts to Christ, even as you opened Paul's heart to Christ so many years ago. 
Lord, we thank you that the gospel really does change us. Atheism could never do that. In fact, nothing can do that apart from grace found in Christ. We pray all of this, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you've recently trusted Christ as your Savior or would like to talk with someone about making that decision, we'd consider it a privilege to talk with you about that. I'll have a phone number for you in just a moment. For those of us who already know Jesus and are known by Him, I pray that He will help us follow Paul's example of humility, courage, and obedience. Thanks for listening today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For more about Lakeside, visit lakesidechapel.com. Our class today was the conclusion of a three-part message that was itself the last of six messages about the divine origin of Paul's gospel. To request a free CD or even the whole set, call Lakeside at 727-239-0306. That's also the number to call if you'd like to talk to someone about salvation or your walk in Christ. 727-239-0306. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry of Lakeside. We depend on gifts from listeners like you to cover the expenses of producing the program and paying for the airtime. If the Lord has been speaking to you about joining our support team, we hope you'll give us a call at the number I just mentioned or visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. Our giving page has information about our philosophy of giving, and it has a link where you can give easily and securely right from the website. That's versebyverseradio.org. I'm Jerry Peterson. For Pastor Steve Kreloff and everyone else at Verse by Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.